Welcome to Season 2 of the Peepcast, brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. It is September 7th, 2021, and today is Part 2 of my preview of the NFC. Thankfully, this is the last preview podcast, as this week the regular season finally kicks off. Football has finally arrived. Let's get it. Alright, first up we got the Chicago Bears, and... Obviously, if you're a Chicago Bears fan and you're listening to this, Larry, I know you are. Obviously, the biggest thing that you're excited about this season is Justin Fields. And when will he get to play? And I really think it's really only a matter of time. It really only is a matter of time before he takes over the reins there. I got to think it's going to be within the first couple games. Um, But we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. So obviously he's a key addition. Um, There's a big change at the quarterback position and not just because of uh, Justin Fields. Mitch Trubisky Trubisky is gone. He's in Buffalo as a backup now. So a new era at quarterback is underway in Chicago. The only thing is Justin Fields isn't going to be taking the first snap of that new era. Right now it's going to be Andy Dalton. And Andy Dalton came over from the Dallas Cowboys, and he played a lot last year after uh, Dak Prescott got hurt. So, you know, what is he going to be able to bring to this team? Uh, We'll talk about it. But uh, they're bringing back Allen Robinson. Uh, He signed his franchise tag, so he's there for one year. Um, They also brought in Tayshawn Gibson, Mario Edwards, Jesse James, uh, Jermaine Effetti, Elijah Wilkerson, and this is this one's kind of a bummer because when they brought him in originally, uh, this is Desmond Trufant. I'm going to talk about here in a second. They brought in Desmond Trufant, and he was supposed to be there and, and supposed to help out at the corner position, but he got cut. And now he's going to be, uh, I, I believe, today he just signed a one-year deal with the New Orleans Saints, who are also very needy at the the cornerback position. So. You know, right now there's there's a lot that's that's up in the air about the Chicago Bears. On face value, I I know what you're getting on defense, and you're going to get a physical type of defense. Uh, you really are. So uh, we'll take a look at that here in a second. Um, we'll focus on the offense here first, and now on the outside you have some weapons. Obviously, Allen Robinson's their number one guy. But there's a couple players, particularly Darnell Mooney, who I really think is ready for kind of a breakout season. Now, he was drafted just last year, so he's just coming off his rookie season. He's a fifth-round pick, but a lot of coaches have talked really highly about him. A lot of fantasy uh, gurus have talked a lot about him being a potential sleeper this year. So I think there's going to be big things from him. He's definitely going to get the workload. On the other side, um, it looks like that you're going to have Marquise Goodwin. Now, Marquise Goodwin has really been all over the the NFL. He's been all over the place. Uh, he he was in Buffalo for a time. He was with Philadelphia for a year that he didn't even play there. He, he played with San Francisco, and he's been all over the place. One thing about Marquise Goodwin is that he is extremely fast. He is really, really fast. So, um 
you'll get some speed out of him, but consistency and being able to gain separation and make make a catch, um, not so much. Um, you're gonna one of the things on the offensive line that you want to take a look at here is they brought in uh, Jason Peters, and he he used to play for the Philadelphia Eagles, and he's a really good left tackle. So if there's anything that's gonna help out Andy Dalton, it's gonna be Peters. Uh, and it looks like they have a solid left side of the line. Cody Whitehair is their starting left guard. Um, he's he's posted grades uh, close to elite, and he's posted grades not so much. He's been really consistent around that 75 grade over the last couple seasons. So I think you could look at that. He's a former second-round pick. Um, but really, when you get to the right side, that's where it gets a little bit more concerning. you got Jermaine Fetty on the right side. They're hoping that he locks that down. Um, and then your right guard, you got James Daniels. Um, he's a former second round pick. He's still a fairly young player. He's only going into his fourth season. And then you got Sam um, Mustfer. Uh, he's he's from Notre Dame. Uh, he's a he's a center that's really really young. Okay, so that's one thing that concerns me when teams have young centers. So. He's responsible for calling out protections and all that, and he only played in in 2020, his rookie season. So he was he was undrafted in 2019. So that gives you a little idea about the pedigree, kind of from that center to that right guard spot. A little bit of a concern there, but obviously uh, you have uh, Cole Kmet uh, as your tight end, and then you have who I think is a is an a really good running back, uh, a good run, um, young running back in, in this league, and that's David Montgomery. He's a former third-round pick, and he really kind of broke out last year. So he's looking to build off of that, and I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities. The key for him is to stay healthy. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, one of the biggest losses that they had was Kyle Fuller. From 2017 to 2019, he really was the team's lockdown cornerback, and he really manned aside where – you know, quarterbacks didn't really want to throw at him. Now, he did have a slight decline in his play, just a slight one, as, you know, players kind of get older, but really salary cap issues, uh, you know, led to them having to let him go. So, you know, they do have a hole there. And when you look at the the corners that they have right now, uh, Jalen Johnson, who's a really young player out of the University of Utah, second round pick, uh, they're hoping that he can um, man one side, and then you got uh, Kendall Vildor on the other side. So not a lot of household names there, but some young players who are looking to prove themselves. But this is where the Chicago Bears, in my opinion, their front seven are really, really tough. And like I mentioned previously, a really good front seven and a good pass rush can kind of make up for some some holes in the secondary. And of course, if you're going to talk about pass rush, you have got to talk about Khalil Mack. And he's posted an elite grade for, oh man, years. Looks all the way back to 2014. He's posted an elite grade according to PFF. And last year um, was his highest rated year since 2016 with a 92.5. So you know what you're getting with him. He's going to be a beast. And uh, he has a lot of supporting cast to help him also on that defensive line. On that uh, other edge, you got Robert Quinn. Uh, he used to play for the Rams, and he he can get after it. He's posted an elite grade in his career, and he he's he's been really successful at going after the passer. Now he's not very good in in coverage, but you wouldn't really want 
that guy really covering anybody. You want him going after the quarterback. So don't have a lot of concerns there. And then in your interior, you got Akeem Hicks, who also posted an elite grade in 2018. He's a really good player. Um, and then you have on the other side, you got uh, Belial Nichols. And he's a young guy too. He's going into his fourth year. He's a former fifth round pick out of Delaware, but he's actually played a lot better. He's been kind of a find for them and has worked his way into the starting rotation. And then you got your nose tackle, Eddie Goldman, um, who last year he didn't play. He, he was one of those guys that opted out, but in his time, um, he has a, a grade as high as 87.9. So he can also produce for that, that football team. So that's, you're really your five guys. So they run more of a three, four. So you got three down linemen and then you got your edge rushers. They use Mac and Quinn as those edge rushers. And they really count on Hicks being able to, um, you know, plug the gaps and everything. But then behind them, one of the guys that I, I, I really think that, um, he's, he's kind of underrated is Alec Ogletree. He's a former, uh, university of Georgia player. Um, he's bounced around anywhere from the giants. He played for the Rams, he he's an experienced linebacker and he's he's a really good run defender and he's a really good blitzing linebacker he's not so good in coverage so he's another guy that you kind of add to getting after the quarterback to being able to to fill the gaps where the the running back is but you don't necessarily want him out there at those slot receivers and you know they really wouldn't ask him to to do that so and then right next to him you got Roquan Smith who's also out of the University of Georgia. And he's a really, really good young player. In fact, I think he was a snub on the NFL's top 100 list. He really should be in there. I anticipate him being in there this next year. He's just going to continue to get better. Uh, but he's a former first-round pick uh, as well. So he, he, he brings a lot of athleticism, excitement, some swag to that defense. Uh, so their front seven, in my opinion, is really loaded. Now the depth, uh, it, it can get a little concerning, but when you have premier players that they stay healthy, you don't have to worry about your depth. So uh, they should be good with their front seven. Now taking a look at their backfield, their defensive backfield, you got Eddie Jackson, um, who had a really great 2018 season. And I, I, I just think he's a former player out of Alabama. I really, really think that with that pass rush, if they're able to control the line of scrimmage on defense, um, he can be a real big uh, playmaker for you. And then on the other side, you're going to have, uh, let's see, Tayshawn Gibson. And he's been around the league for a long time. This is go uh, He's going into his ninth season. So he, he is an experienced vet. And uh, that, I think that's really awesome for him. Uh, he posted a 72 grade last year. So he's a solid football player. So when you look at that offense and you look at that defense, they really should be around. So um, the key for me is Justin Fields. When does he get in there and why does he get in there? And those games that they kind of slip with him not being in there before they make that decision, I think really could be critical because I think that NFC race is going to be really, really tight. Um, but I think it's good that he's not opening up week one. I think it's okay to let Andy Dalton get out there and, and play. My concern about Andy Dalton is he had, in my opinion, he had more weapons in Dallas. And he didn't really do a lot with it. Um, you know, their offense, they, they didn't score a ton of points. They they were up there as far as yards go. But, you know, turnovers, whether it was fumbles. And those are all on Andy. And all the interceptions aren't on Andy either. But he just happened to be at the 
the helm, so to speak. So they open up this year against the Los Angeles Rams. So I think it's okay to let um, Andy Dalton out there, see how he does against the Rams. But I think you could see Justin Fields as early as week two against the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that would be a great week to bring him in there, see how he does, and and let him roll, and then you know maybe make a decision going into week three who your starter is because that, that's when they play Cleveland. But they have a really favorable early on schedule. Um, not necessarily the Rams or the Browns, but they play the Bengals, they play the Lions, um, even the Las Vegas Raiders in there. Um, and, and like I mentioned in there in uh, in my podcast talking about the the Vegas Raiders, they can they can go anywhere. They're I would love to see where they're going to be at. Uh, so I don't want to slight them, but I definitely think that that's de- an easier opponent than, let's say, Cleveland or the Rams when you're trying to put in a, a rookie there. They also have some issues on defense uh, with, with the Raiders. But then they play, they get into the divisional contest, Green Bay, week six. They play, uh, they go to at Tampa Bay, week seven. Then on Halloween, uh, Larry, this is this is our game, man. The 49ers, uh, they come to Chicago. So that's going to be a really interesting game. Is it going to be Trey Lance versus Justin Fields? And you guys know how I feel about Justin Fields. I think he's a tremendous player. I would love to see him uh, in there. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, and then, although I don't think Trey Lance is going to start by that time uh, of the season, I think he's just going to have his packages for San Francisco. Uh, week 9, they go at Pittsburgh. Then they have a really good bye week at week 10. Uh, Then they play Baltimore in Chicago. They go at Detroit, play against Arizona, at Green Bay, Minnesota again, week 15. Then they go at Seattle. That could have some big playoff implications there. Uh, Actually, a a lot of these games will later on in the season. But uh, Seattle being uh, out-of-division opponent within the conference, that could be a a big indicator on where they're at and where they could potentially be as a wild-card team. Um, and you never know. I, I don't think Green Bay is going to give up the division. I definitely think Green Bay is going to win the division. But Chicago has a chance. And, you know, in the NFL, that's all you could ever ask for is a chance. So uh, I think they'll have a chance to be there and win some games if things go uh, the right way. So then they play against the Giants and they finish off at Minnesota. So overall, when I'm looking at the, the NFC North here, um, I would put Chicago. Uh, honestly, I really think that they're going to be second in that division. Um, so I think that's where their finish is going to be and, uh, potentially a wild card, a wild card berth there. All right, next up, we got the Detroit lions and well, what do you say about Detroit? They lost their quarterback to the Rams. So, uh, they got some good draft picks coming up and they ultimately traded Jared Goff in that. So they have a new quarterback in Jared Goff. But I mean, if we're going to be honest about Jared Goff, I think he's had a lot of potential. Obviously, he's played in a Super Bowl, but there was a reason that the Rams let him go, that he wasn't very consistent. Um, and he really kind of was a little bit more of a game manager at times when I, you know, Sean McVay really wanted to kind of air it out uh, with all the weapons that he had there in, uh, in L.A. So uh, he goes to Detroit. He's looking for a new start. Um, but what, what does he have around him? And, and to me, I think with, the way the Detroit Lions are built, I think it's going to be really rough for Jared Goff. Um, they lost not one, but two wide receivers uh, in free agency. Uh, Marvin Jones has gone to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Kenny Galladay went to the New York Giants. And that was their two biggest pass, catcher, catch, pass catchers there. Now, they still have uh, TJ Hawkinson, which he's, he's going to be... 
a, a big threat for them. But anytime you lose both of your wide receivers, your starting wide receivers in free agency, it makes it just a little bit harder. Now they brought in Brashad Perriman to help out. Um, they brought in Jamal Williams to help out that running game. They brought in Quentin Dunbar. Uh, they brought in Romeo uh, Okwara, uh, Tyrell Williams they brought in. And Tyrell Williams, I think he's really going to be their number one. And I think Brashad Perriman is going to be their number two guy. Uh, but then again, they were really role players with their other teams, Tyrell Williams and uh, Brashad Perriman. So, you know, for me, you know, just kind of take a look at this um, under new head coach Dan Campbell. And he's had some really interesting press conferences. Pretty funny. I think he he showed up to one with like a, a motorcycle helmet on, which was which was pretty funny. He's a defensive minded coach. Um, so that's going to be a change for Jared Goff as well, where he's coming uh, from out from under uh, Sean McVay, who's, you know, uh, offensive guru to now Dan Campbell, who's more of a defensive minded coach. I think that's going to be a pretty big. I don't know what do you say, a pretty big adjustment for him. So uh, taking a look at the lineup here. Now they do have some star power in some certain spots. So I think DeAndre Swift, uh, I think he's really going to have more of a, he's going to have a breakout year this year. I really, really do. Um, TJ Hawkinson, that's going to be one of the prime guys to go to. Uh, but like I said, Tyrell Williams, Brashad Perriman. Um, and then out here uh, you have a uh, Quintez Cephas. Now I honestly don't think he's going to have a, uh, uh, a, a starting spot there. And then in the slot, they got Khalif Raymond. There's a lot of question marks. I will say uh, uh, when you say who to a lot of these guys, that's fair. That is, that is fair. That's not being rude or disrespectful. They don't have a lot of guys on uh, at the wide receiver position. They just flat out don't. And I think that's going to be a big problem, especially, you know, Jared Goff isn't a guy that's going to be able to create a lot of things with his arm. And, and, you know, like Aaron Rodgers, he can put it wherever he wants. And he can play with sometimes lackluster receivers, but even he has trouble. And we know that Jared Goff is nowhere near of what Aaron Rodgers is. So it's going to be a tough season for, for Jared Goff, in, in my opinion. Um, also, their their offensive line, I, I think they're going to have some issues. Now, they do have some really good grades on here, but one guy that they drafted, Panay Sewell, he hasn't played very well in the preseason. In fact, he's been getting beat like a drum. Now, he it's early in his career. I mean, he hasn't even played a regular season game yet. But judging off of what we've seen, his first game, they're going to have to go against the San Francisco 49ers who have a really big pass rush, a really good pass rush. So this this unit, this uh, this offensive line in Detroit is going to get tested right out the gate. On the on the left tackle side, um, you got Taylor Decker um, who posted his best season um, in the NFL uh, at an 82.0 grade, he was drafted in 2016, former first rounder. So he has a lot of pedigree. Um, next to him on the left guard is Jonah Jackson, uh, their center, which this is going to help them. They got Frank Ragnow, and he's he's really good. He's really young, but he's an up and comer. And every season, he's gotten better. And he's a former first rounder as well. So they're they're going to have obviously it's it's very important for them on their line. They have a lot of first rounders on there from their right tackle to their uh, center to their left tackle, uh, but they're young players. So they're they're learning they're learning how the NFL works. Um, they they posted some good grades, but overall as a unit, I think it, it, it's going to be tough. They're going to have to run the ball really well with DeAndre Swift and uh, Jamal Williams, uh, who came over from Green Bay. Um, taking a look at their defense now, uh, let's see. They got 
obviously Jeffrey Okuda, who was their their first round pick, the third overall pick in the 2020 draft. Um, he kind of struggled, and then he also uh, was injured for a period of time. So I'm hoping uh, for the Detroit Lions that he can stay healthy and he can kind of put together some uh, some good football there. And the Detroit Lions desperately need him to do so. Um, and then on the other side, I'm going to butcher this name, uh, uh, Amani Oruriai. I actually feel like I did better than that if you saw this name. Um, so he, this is going into his third season, his first year, his rookie season, he actually played pretty well. He's out of Penn State. Uh, last year, uh, he was a hundredth out of, uh, 100 out of 121 cornerbacks. So that makes it really tough. And then, you know, for their linebacker spots, Alex Anzalone, who, and then, uh, you have Jamie Collins. So Jamie Collins is a good football player, um, but as you can tell, as I'm going through this, there's not a whole lot of talent on that on that defensive side of the ball. Probably their best player is Trey Flowers. Um, he's a really good edge rusher, uh, but he's going to be their their best guy. And then on the outside of that, um, you got Nick Williams, and then you got Michael Brockers, which will help them. Um, he's from the Rams, and I mentioned him uh, in, in the first part of the NFC podcast. Um, and then you got Okwara. Uh, Romeo Okora on the other side. He's a former uh, Notre Dame guy. Uh, he's been in the league for, this is going into his fifth season. He has gotten better every year. So if he keep, continues that progression, um, it should be good. But usually when you get around year four, you know, you kind of start to level off there a little bit. But you, you cannot, every, every year is new too. So he, he has an opportunity in front of him to be able to do some stuff. So they have some household names there that you might have heard about. But overall, it's not a unit that's really going to scare you. Let's go ahead and take a look at their schedule now. Um, I already mentioned they start off against the San Francisco 49ers. That's going to be tough. And then they go at Green Bay and then Baltimore and then at Chicago. I think it's very easy to think that this team can start off 0-3, maybe even 0-4. And that would be a really tough spot for a new head coach and a new quarterback. Um, and, you know, they're, they're, they're in a transition period and, and Detroit, um, they, they – they're at least used to having Matt Stafford there. And that's, that's kind of the thing. You would at least feel okay about the offense. And the offense would kind of put some points up there, and the, and the defense wouldn't quite put their game together. Um, and then there would be some mistakes on offense. So offensively, they would have to play almost perfect uh, to win some of these games. And now that's kind of taken away. Um, and then you look after – so week five, they go at Minnesota. They got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Rams – uh, then they play Philadelphia week eight, and then they have a, a good uh, bye week at week nine. I think that's good right in the middle of their schedule, like dead in the middle of their schedule. And then they go at Pittsburgh, at Cleveland. Then they play Chicago, Minnesota, at Denver, uh, Arizona, then at Atlanta, at Seattle, and they finish off against Green Bay. That's just a brutal schedule for the Detroit Lions. I honestly think they're going to finish in the cellar of the NFC North. That's not necessarily a slide against them. They just don't have the roster. I think they're putting things together, and uh, overall, I think they're in for a rough ride this year. All right, next up, we got the Minnesota Vikings. Now, this is a team, as I kind of researched, uh, I'm glad I did because they're, they're a team that I think you can easily sleep on because of what happened to them last year. Now, last year, they really were kind of hampered uh, due to injuries, but their defense really let them down uh, you know, throughout that season. They started off really slow. I believe they started off to like a 1-5 and five start, something like that. But they lost some good Pro Bowl players uh, over there on the defense. Danielle Hunter was lost uh, for the season. 
Uh, you had Anthony Barr, who missed 14 games, and Eric Kendricks, who missed five games. Uh, so whenever you lose Pro Bowl caliber players like that, it's going to be tough in the NFL. It, it really is. There's a reason that those guys are in the Pro Bowls because they play. You can count on them. They play at a really high level, and there's not a lot of guys like that. There's there's not. That's why they have a Pro Bowl team. Um, there's guys that, that, that try to get on that list. There's guys that try to get in the NFL top 100. And those guys are there, and you can count on them. So when they miss time, you definitely have some holes there. Um, this year, they, they moved on from Anthony Harris and Eric Wilson. Uh, but they brought in Brashad Breeland. They brought in Patrick Peterson. They brought in D.D. Westbrook. They brought in Xavier Woods. Uh, they brought in Mackenzie Alexander and Dalvin Tomlinson. Um, but also, you know, they, they're bringing back those Pro Bowl players that I just mentioned. So when you take a look at the lineup, they're a lot better than what I had thought going into this. First of all, can we talk about Justin Jefferson for a second, who posted an elite grade his very first year in the NFL, the first round pick out of LSU? I mean, it looks like it's nothing but up for this guy. So uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. And then obviously you got the the veteran there, Adam Thielen, who's an absolute stud as well. So they have two really, really good options. And then this is also going to benefit them. They, they just traded for Chris Herndon from the Jets, um, who I think is really going to help them out. Uh, I think he's in a better situation than he was in with the Jets. Um, and he, his rookie year, he posted a 74.8 grade, uh, but the Jets just haven't been very good. So I'm kind of taking, uh, these other grades with, uh, with a grain of salt there, but, uh, I, I think that he's in a really good position there. And now they're without Kyle Rudolph, um, and also without, uh, their other tight end there, his name's escaping me right now, but I think that's going to be a good spot for him. Now, the problem is really kind of with the offensive line when I'm, when I'm looking at this. So, uh, Rashad Hill, uh, who's a player uh, going into his sixth season, uh, and he—I I guess I'm trying to trying to say this in in a in a nice way. Uh, he's a serviceable left tackle, but you know when he goes up against some really good pass rushers, that's that's going to be tough because his best grade is a 72, his best. Okay, so he really needs to step it up. Um, Brian O'Neill's on the right side and he's 24th out of 79 tackles. Uh, he's a former second rounder, but he's also pretty young, uh, on the inside, uh, you got Garrett Bradbury at the center. He's a young guy as well, but he's a former first round pick. Uh, you would anticipate him getting better at the right guard spot. You got Oli Uda and then you have, uh, let's see, Ezra Cleveland, um, who used to play for the Boise state Broncos. Um, so he, he had his rookie year last year. He's a former second round pick and you would expect him to get better as well. So if that line can get better than what they were, hopefully they, they can do a good job because Kirk cousins, he's not a mobile quarterback. He needs to be, have time to sit there and, uh, dissect the defense, but they also have Dalvin cook. So he, he's an absolute stud. So they do have a lot of weapons on offense and on defense. I really think that they retooled. They got Patrick Peterson and Brashad Breeland. That's going to be their two corners. And then of course, when you get Kendall or Danielle Hunter, uh, back, that's going to be good. He posted, uh, in the plays that he played last year or in 2019, it was an elite grade for him. So, uh, you expect him, uh, to come in there and really want to, to prove something. They're also led by their middle linebacker, Eric Kendricks. Um, he's an absolute stud. His best year was in 2019. Um, so really, I think uh, things are looking up for him. 
Uh, the only thing is that I'm kind of looking at right now is outside of Danielle Hunter, you don't really have uh, anybody else uh, that that's out there that I would say, hey, like that that's somebody that you really need to watch out for. Uh, they did bring uh, bring in Dalvin Tomlinson, and he's been really solid, but he's more of an interior guy. Uh, so that left side should be pretty good. Um, I'm questioning more about the right side. They got Michael Pierce as well. Um, he didn't play last year, um, but he is a solid player when he's in there. He had an elite grade in 2018. Uh, so uh, hopefully he can get back to that, and that would help solidify this defense. Of course, on the back end, you got Harrison Smith, who's an absolute stud, Pro Bowl uh, safety there, uh, former first-round selection out of the University of Notre Dame, and then you got uh, Xavier Woods. So they're a lot better than I thought of beforehand before I looked at their roster uh, and all that stuff. They do have a lot of weapons, and I do think they will help contend there in, in, the, in the NFC North. We'll see where Chicago is. I do think that Chicago, if Justin Fields is in there, I guess that's my little caveat. If Justin Fields gets in and is able to play well, I do think that the Chicago Bears are are built to be in that second spot, maybe a wild card. But I'm going to tell you right now, don't be surprised if the Minnesota Vikings are right there. They they actually look a little bit stronger on, on, on paper. So uh, really for me, the pressure – of the Chicago Bears, I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be what propels them up until that that second spot. Now, this is another one where I think Minnesota is going to be vying for a wild card position. They could even potentially, if some things go their way, they could be looking at maybe a, a, a division title. But I just think Green Bay is too tough. I think Chicago is going to uh, going to get them. Uh, let's take a look at their schedule before I make that decision here. So. Uh, looks like they do have a little bit of an easier schedule. So they start off against uh, Cincinnati. Uh, Arizona is going to be tough. Then they play Seattle, then the Browns. Uh, but then they play the Lions and then the Panthers. They have a, a, a little bit of an early bye, week seven. Not terrible, but a little early for my taste. And then you have uh, week eight, they play against the Cowboys. And they go at Baltimore, at the Chargers, then Green Bay, then at San Francisco. That's going to be really, really tough because... You know, those games are going to be crucial. They got to win some of these early games against some of these contenders if they want to be there. Um, if they struggle out the gate like last year, um, they're they're in they're in for some trouble. They need to finish. They need to finish defensively um, if they're going to compete because the back end of their schedule is really tough. Uh, they play the Lions in Week 13, but then they play the Steelers, then at the Bears, they play against the Rams at Green Bay, then they finish against Chicago. So those game, those late games against Chicago, and depending on where they're looking at, uh, Minnesota and Green Bay, or, or Minnesota and the Chicago Bears could be vying for that second spot in the division and potentially a wild card spot. So those are going to be crucial. Uh, Minnesota needs to get off to a hot start, and they need to get their, you know, after their bye, they play some tough teams, so they need to get rack up some wins early. Um, but right now, I'm still going to stick with my. Um, Projection for them being at that third spot within the division, I do think it will be close. Now, when you think third, you think, oh, no, that's a 6-10 and 10 year. I don't necessarily think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be fairly close. Uh, it's going to be between them and Chicago, but I think you'd be looking at potentially a game, maybe even a half a game, uh, what their conference record is. But they, if they're going to do anything this year, they gotta they got to start hot between weeks one and six. They got to get at least four wins in there somehow. I think they can do it. Uh, it's still going to be tough for them. All right, next up, we got the Green Bay Packers on the slate right now. 
And uh, I'll be honest, there there's not a whole lot of shuffling this team did in the offseason, uh, but there's a couple big losses. Uh, number one for me is the number one center in football, and that's Corey Lindsley going to the L.A. Chargers. So that's a big loss for them, a uh, big pickup for the Chargers. But anytime you, you, you lose the starting center, anytime that, that that center is one of the best players at his position, that you're going to feel that a little bit. Um, and then, of course, losing Jamal Williams, uh, the guy that would come in there and spell Aaron Jones. Uh, you wouldn't really have a ton, a, a really big drop off. Of course, Aaron Jones, in my opinion, is a special back. Jamal Williams uh, was also very, very capable. So I think you're going to uh, miss out on him. So I'm curious who they're going to have in that second spot. Uh, I, actually, I'm more curious about how productive they're going to be. Uh, in that second spot, but that should increase uh, Aaron Jones's production, especially since they re-signed him, and that's big for the Packers because he really helps make that offense. It's not always uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones gets them in position to do a lot of different things. They also brought, uh, re-signed Kevin King and Mercedes Lewis, so um, those are those are some spots there. They also brought in uh, Dennis Kelly and Devondre Campbell, uh, but their key addition. Uh, really outside of it being Aaron Rodgers, because I think with everything that was going on with the speculation with him last year, being able to bring him back, that's going to be mainly the key addition there. Uh, so we'll say that it's him. But in the draft, they picked up a need. And any Packer fan who watched that NFC Championship game uh, last year against Tampa Bay Nose corner was is probably a spot that they they could use, and not necessarily their main corner because they were pretty set there. It's more that second guy, and they brought in a guy uh, by the name of Eric Stokes, who's really really athletic. Uh, he ran a 4.29 40 yard dash uh, coming out of Georgia. He's also really explosive in his vertical and broad jumps. So he. He's an explosive athlete. Now it really comes with the the technique. Sometimes those fast guys don't necessarily translate, but um, you know it, it's a good start because if they do, they can they can turn out to be pretty special. But uh, let's take a look at their offense. A lot of a lot of names that you're already going to know. Uh, but Devontae Adams, obviously the number one wide receiver, in my opinion, he's he's the best receiver in football. He can just do it all, whether it's blocking, his route running, his catching. He's on the same page as Rodgers. Uh, matter of fact, they're they're pretty good friends from my understanding. But obviously, of Aaron Rodgers, we don't need to talk a lot about him just because we know what he brings to the table. He is an elite talent. Uh, in my opinion, he's the most talented uh, quarterback uh, in the NFL. He has been for some time. That always doesn't equate to, uh, winning championships. He's got one under his belt and, um, you know, here in the twilight of his career, he's still playing at a high level. You know, that that level of urgency to, to get back to another Super Bowl is there, especially after losing two straight NFC championship games, uh, being so close. Um, one guy that I really like is Robert Tunyon and, uh, he trains with George Kittle in the off season and he really models his game after George Kittle. And he had a little bit, I don't want to say it was a breakout uh, season last year, but he played a lot better. And you can see that he's a target that Aaron Rodgers really likes. Uh, so Robert Tunyon is going to be a, a really good pickup there in any fantasy league, anything like that. Uh, Robert Tunyon's a beast. Um, of course, you got Aaron Jones. Uh, he's a madman back there. Um, he he can catch, he can block, he, he can run, he makes explosive plays. He's all over the place. Um, I really like Aaron Jones as well. Now, this is where it, it's been, you know, 
it's been a big controversy and I think Aaron Rodgers uh, has kind of helped that out a little bit you know when they when they drafted uh, uh, his his replacement in love but they could have gotten a, a second receiver and you know right now their second receiver is listed as Alan Lazard and he's been serviceable and he's been getting better every year and I know that Rodgers really helps that out but um, you know, in the game plan, Lazard isn't going to be a, a guy that's really featured, and he's not going to be a guy that really scares the opposing defense. But what I'm excited to see is Amari Rogers. He was a third-round selection out of Clemson. He's going into his rookie year, and I really think he has the potential to be a really, really good player. Obviously, they also brought in Randall Cobb. That was part of the the deal that uh, Gutekunst made to keep Rodgers. Uh, they traded for uh, Randall Cobb to come back. Um, he's a really good slot receiver, obviously has a really good relationship with Aaron. Um, but as far as the re- receiver position goes, it should be better this year than it was the previous couple years. Um, if, if Amari Rodgers can play really well, I mean, the sky's the limit for this offense. Um, definitely losing... Uh, Losing their center uh, hurts. Uh, they're going to bring in Josh Myers, a rookie out of the Ohio State University. Um, I'm sure that Aaron Rodgers is going to be calling out protections in that case um, where he he might not have had to do that in the past. Um, their left tackle, um, Elgin Jenkins. Now, uh, Bakhtiari is, is out for a period of time. He starts the season on the, on the pup list, so uh, physically unable to perform list. So he'll be out for, I think, his minimum of six weeks. It might be seven. Um, so that's a big hit to them as well. So um, they're, they're really going to have to mix it up. Uh, Rodgers could face some pressure early in the season because their offensive line isn't as good as what it has been. Uh, so I, I think that that's definitely something to keep an eye on if you're a Packer fan. Um, some of those guys, you know, their center, the left tackle not being in there, um, you know, that that's going to make it a little bit tough. But the the team that has been under scrutiny really is the the defense. You know, whether it was the 2019 NFC Championship game where they allowed a god awful amount of rushing yards. Um, they also got eaten up, especially in some crucial moments in this last year's NFC Championship game against Tampa Bay. Uh, Kevin King, he was a guy that was really heavily scrutinized. Um, he's listed as their starter, but like I said, don't be surprised if you see Eric Stokes getting in there, uh, getting some reps, and maybe uh, overtaking that job at some point. But uh, they, on the other side, they have Jair Alexander and he is a beast. Last year, he posted his first ever elite grade. Um, he's a former first-round selection out of uh, Louisville. So um, he, welcome to the scene, Jair. He, he's going to be there. So, um, And then on the outside, you got the two Smiths. So you got Preston Smith, uh, and then you got Zadaria Smith. They're the guys that get the pressure off the edges, um, and they're very good at doing so. Now, uh, let's see, Zadarius, he's the best one that there is. Um between the two he's a former fourth rounder uh 2019 was his real breakout year um he 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 played good last year but it wasn't uh an elite grade that he posted in 2019 and uh preston smith he has the ability to do it he's more uh of a uh, he's going to get after the passer um, but he's not a 10 sack guy he 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 can get after it he'll be about five six maybe even seven sacks i'd be surprised if he got up to the 10 sacks but zadarius smith He's the main guy uh, from that pass rush. 
Um, then right in the middle, they run they run a three four. So you got Kenny Clark. Um, he's a really good nose tackle. He's a former first rounder. Um, he has two elite grades under his belt. And then on the ends there, now mind you, the ends are different in three fours. They, they, they more play between the guard and head up on the tackle where you have your edge guys. They have outside contain rather than your ends. So they, it's a lot different in a three four uh, defense. But they got Kingsley Kiki. He's a fifth rounder, young guy going into his third year out of Texas A&M. And then you got uh, Dean Lowry. And he, the last two years have not been good for him. Um, he started out strong in his career, um, but the last two years, he's he's really kind of struggled. Um, so he really needs a bounce back year. And in fact, he needs a bounce back year for this defense to really uh, do some stuff because he's got some guys around him to do well. Um, now the linebacker spot for me is, is a concern. You got a young guy in Chris Barnes. Uh, he, his rookie year was last year, and then you got uh, Devondre Campbell, goodness, um, coming over from the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you know, those guys aren't household names. They're not household names for a reason. They, they have concerns about their play. Um, they, they both rate uh, pretty low when it comes to run defense and pass rush and coverage. So um, they're going to have their work cut out for them there in the middle. But then on the back end, um, they have Adrian Amos, who's really, really good safety. He's got two um, elite grades in his career. And then Darnell Savage, a, a former first round out of Maryland. Um, and he really kind of came onto the scene last year. So that defense can still be good. They just need to, to play solid football. They don't necessarily need to be shut down because of what the offense can do. Uh, but they need to be able to close out games. And so that's what they're looking for uh, this year. Um, let me go ahead and take a look at their schedule. So they start off against the New Orleans Saints, and that game will be played in Jacksonville as, uh, you know, it's not going to be in New Orleans just due to the, the hurricane and everything. So it's going to Jacksonville. And the kind of funny note on this is there's some rumors circulating that um, the New Orleans Saints did a little research on what Aaron Rodgers' record was in, in Florida. And apparently it's not very good. And so they decided to kind of move it there and, instead of some other venues that they, they had the opportunity to go to. So I think that's kind of funny. Um, and if you think that Aaron Rodgers isn't aware of something like that and is ready to light it up, uh, you know he is. Then they play against Detroit. And then a really big early game against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, you know, they want to exercise some demons there. They, they won pretty handedly last year against the 49ers when they were just injury riddled. Um, but you know when they're healthy, that's a tough test. And uh, being early in the season like that, they should be. So I think that's a really good test to see where Green Bay stacks up early on in the season. Uh, they play against Pittsburgh in Week 4, uh, Cincinnati Week 5, at Chicago Week 6. That will be a big game. I'm, I'm excited to watch that. Anytime you can get the Bears and Packers, uh, that that's good football. And then the Washington football team, that's going to be a tough test against them. And I really think that's going to be – a really big matchup early in the season. Uh, then they have two games uh, on the road against Arizona and then the Kansas City Chiefs. That should be a good game. And then they play against the the Seattle Seahawks and they go at Minnesota, then the Rams. You know, that schedule kind of gets brutal, doesn't it? From week six to week 12, there's six weeks against some really good football teams. Chicago, Washington, Arizona, Kansas City, Seattle, Minnesota, and the Rams. That's going to be tough. 
Um, so that's kind of a gauntlet there. They're going to need to get get through that, obviously. But wonder what their record is on the outside of that before they get to their bye week, because then they play Chicago again, and it doesn't get easier. They go at Baltimore, then they play Cleveland, they play Minnesota, then at Detroit. So uh, that schedule does get brutal. But they have the team to do it. They have the quarterback to do it. Um, they just might not be thirteen and three because uh, I think that NFC is going to beat themselves up a little bit. But I definitely think they'll be one of the top tier teams. I think they're going to win uh, the NFC North, um, and uh, we'll see where they go. Obviously, this team has their eyes on uh, the Lombardi, so that's where they're looking to be. But I got them first in their division. All right, guys, we'll be right back after a message from our sponsors. Peepcast is brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. If you love wings, beer, and trivia, you have got to check out Blazing Trivia every Wednesday night at your local B-Dubs. Weekly prizes given away with their new interactive experience. Compete against your friends or see how you stack up against everyone else. Blazing Trivia starts at 8 p.m. Mountain Time in the sports bar. Head on in and check it out. All right, let's go ahead and start talking NFC South, uh, and we'll kick it off against uh, talking about the Carolina Panthers here. Now, the Panthers are are a team that, that for me is kind of tough to judge. I don't think their division is extremely tough. Uh, Atlanta has a lot of a lot of problems. I think that they're they're trying to kind of make a comeback, but they got a, a lot of uh, a roster issues, specifically on defense. Then you got the New Orleans Saints. Well, you don't have to deal with Drew Brees anymore. So that in itself makes that game just a little bit. Now, New Orleans is going to be still, um, I think they're going to be a tough team, but they're not going to be the New Orleans Saints that, you know, really scared the crap out of everybody. Um, and I'm going to talk about them too. So that's what makes the Carolina Panthers so intriguing to me is they had a change at the quarterback position where they brought in Sam Darnold. Um, and I'm excited for him because, you know, just as a quarterback of the Jets, I think it makes it really tough to. They don't have. A, they didn't have a lot around him in uh, New York, so they should have a lot more around him in Carolina. So I'm curious to see what they do. And obviously, he's got a great back in Christian McCaffrey back there. But uh, he also lost uh, before he even could really get started. Uh, Curtis Samuel, um, who is uh, one of their best receivers there in Carolina, they also lost Mike Davis. Um, so that makes it tough. But they brought in some other guys uh, that I think they should be excited for. So they brought in Taylor Moton, uh, a really good tackle. They brought in Hassan Reddick, who's a really good pass rusher from Arizona. They brought in David Moore from the Seattle Seahawks, uh, A.J. Bouye. So they're starting to piece together some things. You could kind of say, hey, they might be getting on that other uh, that other end there for uh, the Panthers. Um, there's, they're just different. Uh, for me, when I thought about the Carolina Panthers, you'd always think about Cam Newton and the things that he could do and also Luke Keekley and how tough that defense is. Well, it's just not the same anymore, okay? So, you know, when you're looking at this team, it, it is a different identity that they have right now. And what is that going to be? You know, uh, how, how is that going to be? So let's take a look at their, their lineup. Uh, let's take a look at their weapons right here. So they got... Um, Robbie Anderson, I think uh, he he played really well last year. Um, he's a really good contributor. And then uh, they did lose Curtis Samuel, but they brought in DJ Moore, um, who played really well in um, 
in Seattle. So he's a former first rounder. So he's he's looking to to really be able to do some things. And then a guy that they're hoping that turns into a, a, a really good receiver, that's Terrace Marshall Jr. They got him in the second round out of LSU. Now, he has the potential to do so, um, but those three guys right there, um, I think they're going to be – uh, they'll be serviceable and they'll be able to do some things. They're not; those aren't names that that really scare you. So we'll have to see how this season goes with them. But obviously, the guy that you think of on the offense of the Carolina Panthers—that's Christian McCaffrey, and he can really open up a lot of things for for those receivers. It's all going to depend on how he does. Now, Sam Darnold. Um, obviously, he's been up and down, and he hasn't really played that well. But uh, I think you could also argue. You know, he didn't really have a lot around him either. So this is a new spot for him, um, giving him the benefit of the doubt, and let's see what he can do because he does have some talent. Um, it really helped that they brought in uh, Taylor Moton, um, who's been a really good tackle. He'll be the right tackle. Uh, what concerns me is the left tackle on Cam Irving. Honestly, he hasn't played that well. Um, he's a former first-rounder from Florida State. Um, but he, you know, historically in his career, he hasn't played very well. Uh, they do have a good center, uh, Matt Paradis. Um, he's about, uh, I, I will say he's about that midline uh, center there. Um, and then you got two serviceable guards. Um, and then they got Dan Arnold as their, their tight end. Now, he was a backup at uh, uh, for the Arizona Cardinals, uh, Dan Arnold was. So, um, he, he made his way in, into that rotation a little bit, but I know that they, they went through a couple uh, different tight ends there. Uh, Dan Arnold, uh, not the actor, uh, the actual tight end there. Uh, Peter Schrager loves him. Uh, Peter Schrager always talks about him any chance that he gets. So, um, let's see if this is a good spot for him, but we switched it over to that defense and you know what, now this is where I could really see, you know, that they have some issues where they're trying to, to get better, but they've had some inconsistencies. Uh, if you start looking at their cornerback position, one uh, corner I was very high on in the draft was J.C. Horn. Um, I think he's really physical. I think he will fit in well there. Um, hopefully um, they can get some pressure on the quarterback. Hassan Reddick should be able to get the job done, but he's going to need some help. Um, he's not going to be able to do it consistently all on his own. Um, on the other side, they do have Brian Burns. So they will have a, a really a two edges being able to go in there and do some things. Uh, then you got Derek Brown. He's a former first rounder from Auburn. And then you got, um, let's see here. Uh, let's see, Jones here, Daquan Jones. Um, and he's, so he's right in that midline. He's 55th out of 126 interior defensive players. He's out of Penn State. So they have the potential to do some things. It's not a special unit by any means, but you can tell that they're they're going to have to really work their scheme, be in the right position. Um, there's not going to be one player that overtakes anybody um, that's going to just be able to dominate. They're going to have to do it together as a unit uh, there. On the other corner, you got Dante Jackson. Um, he's coming off his best season. He's still a young player. He was drafted in 2018. Um, and then the linebackers here, you got Shaq Thompson. He's a former first-rounder out of the University of Washington. Um, he... He's uh, he was drafted in 2015. He's been around the league, but the last three years, um, his overall grade has gotten worse from 68 to 65 to last year to a 49.8. Um, so you're gonna want to see him play uh, obviously better than that. Um, and then you got Jermaine Carter, who's gonna be the the guy right next to him. He's a fifth rounder, so not a lot of prestige there other than Shaq Thompson. He's got the prestige. He's a former first rounder, but he hasn't played well the last three years. Uh, and then on the back end. Uh, you have Justin Burris. 
uh, former uh, fourth rounder. Um, and then you got, uh, let's see here, Jeremy Chin. And uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll be honest, those guys, um, they're, um, they're, they're playing for their jobs. They're, they have a starting role. They probably wouldn't start on some other teams, um, but they got, they have a young secondary uh, and hopefully they can really for them, the success is going to be stopping the run with those interior guys and getting after uh, the quarterback. But I, it's not a unit that scares me. That defensive unit, it, it is a, a change in identity on that uh, Carolina Panthers defense. Let's take a look at their schedule. Uh, let's see, they start off against the New York Jets, so that's really going to help them. And you know that Sam Darnold is going to be out for blood in that game. He's he's going to do everything he can uh, to, to beat his former team. So um, I might give them the upper hand on on that game just because uh, of you know what's really at stake for, for pride for Sam Darnold. Uh, then they play the Saints, and then they got uh, at Houston, and then at Dallas. So here's the thing. I'll just kind of throw this out there. If for some reason they start off 3-1, and one, I think Dallas is, is their, their toughest one um, out of that. I think uh, it would be pretty easy for them to start 2-2, two and two, but for some reason they start 3-1, and one, I feel pretty confident you can call them a pretender Okay, at week four. I don't think that they have the roster to really compete uh, for a playoff spot. So I'm just going to say that now, um, but... Uh, Dallas is 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 gonna I, I think gonna take him to the woodshed in that game. Uh, then they play against Philadelphia, so they could easily have. Like I said, uh, they, what if they start off four and one? What if they upset the the Saints, but they played the Jets, Texans, Eagles, lost to the Cowboys? Pretender, come on! Like I I know you're thinking the same thing. That's not a that's a really a beneficial schedule for them, and they really could start off strong. Uh, but their schedule is going to get a lot tougher. So they play against the Minnesota Vikings, then at the Giants, and they go at Atlanta. Then they play against the Patriots, so they go at the Cardinals, play against Washington, at Miami, uh, play the Falcons again, then at the then, then it becomes a gauntlet for them. At Buffalo, Tampa Bay, then at New Orleans, and then they finish off against at Tampa Bay, uh, the Super Bowl champs. So, um, you know, when I'm looking at this, I, I, I hope that they make a step forward. Um, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be between them and Atlanta, who's in the cellar of that division. Um, and right now, as I'm looking at this, I just think Atlanta has better players. I think Atlanta has better players on their team. They have a, a more experienced quarterback. Um, I know that Christian McCaffrey's there, and they're, they're going to win some games, but I would say they might, might win about five games. I'd say five games, maybe six, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those games were early on because that schedule gets pretty tough. Uh, later on in the year, uh, but that's what I got for the Carolina Panthers. Um, they're in the they're in a transition, and Sam Darnold only has really two years on his contract to be able to prove that he's a franchise quarterback. And and if he does, that Carolina's going to be in a, a much better spot. But if not, it, it's going to be it's going to be real tough, and it's going it, to it's going to be rebuild mode. All right, next up we got the Atlanta Falcons here, and uh, the thing about Atlanta, they you know we we always think about offense when it comes to Atlanta and they, they do have a lot of offensive weapons and, th- and there's a couple of them that obviously they lost in the off season, I think are going to be huge. And there's one area of concern that I have um, of hoping that their, their offense continues to, to do well. But the first one obviously is Julio Jones. Anytime you lose a player like Julio Jones, you're going to feel it. But they did add another player in Kyle Pitts, who honestly, uh, he, he looks to be a generational talent at tight end. 
and he could help fill that role. And they also have Calvin Ridley out there um, who is doing well, who's ready to take over that number one spot. But one of them that I think that goes under the radar of, of, of somebody they lost is Alex Mack, who um, they lost in free agency to the 49ers. Now he's getting older and it was probably time for them to move on from him. But he has a lot of experience and he is a good center. So I think you're going to, you're, they're going to miss that. But then, you know, they, you know, Todd Gurley, they didn't re-sign him. He was really kind of their, their back. And then Devonta Freeman just fell off the face of the earth. Um, obviously when they cut him last year, he's not coming back. So for me, they got some questions at running back. Cause, um, I know they got Mike Davis there, but he, he's never really, carried the load like so to speak he's been more of like that second back that can do some things but he's I don't think he's ever been like the the main guy they also brought in Brandon Copeland uh Jerron Harmon and Eric Harris uh but obviously their their big addition this year uh Kyle Pitts coming in uh so I think that's going to be that's going to be big I'm, I'm going to be watching out for him if you haven't had your fantasy draft yet um and you don't get one of those uh top tier guys you know in Waller Kittle or Kelsey and, you know, I would take a look at Kyle Pitts. I think he's about an eight-touchdown guy this year. Um, I really, really think so. Uh, let's take a look at the lineup here. Now, offensively, uh, they should be still pretty good. So um, you got Calvin Ridley on the outside, who's ready to take over that number one receiver spot. You got Kyle Pitts at tight end, who's a, a really an elite player. Um, but he's got to show up in the NFL. That's the thing. He hasn't shown it in the NFL yet. He's got to show it. So what are they going to do for him? Um, but then you, you start to you know kind of scrape the bottom of the barrel, in my opinion, when it comes to some of these receivers. So uh, Olamade, Zach, Zach House, um, who exactly? Um, he He's going into his third year. Um, not a lot on this guy. Obviously, um, last year he only played, uh, let's see about how many snaps um, he played a majority of the year, but um, he had he had about 300 snaps last year. Um, so really, kind of a role player when you talk about 300 snaps. Um, you go, so snaps you really have um, that's how many offensive plays, right? Um, but also throughout the course of a season, usually um, you try to target uh, around you know 65 or more offensive plays in a game. That usually means you're holding on to the ball, you're converting third third downs. Uh, you're scoring some points and you're you're controlling the ball. You know that's really the target. You know, 65, um, you know, snaps. So he only had 300. So that tells you he's he's always been more of a role player, um, coming in some situations and half of those were actually rundowns. So uh, of the passing plays, it, it, it's a lot smaller of a sample. But then you also have Russell Russell Gage. Um, who is a six rounder out of LSU, and he really kind of came on last year more out of necessity because Julio Jones was kind of hurt. Um, and offensively, they, uh, you know, they they do throw the ball a lot. And this year, I think they're they're really going to have to throw because they also they have Cordell Patterson, who on this is actually listed as their running back. He's going to play. Uh, he's got to get out there and if he's their 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 running back option. They're in trouble. I know that they they brought in Mike Davis. I would assume that he's going to take over the number one spot there as the running back. They also brought in Wayne Gallman. Um, honestly, I, I I think I'm pretty high on Wayne Gallman. He he didn't make the cut in San Francisco, um, but he he does fit this type of offense. So um, when you look at the offensive line, uh, you have Jake Matthews out there. Um, he's their staple uh, left tackle. 
Uh, and then the left guard, um, he's going to be a rookie, Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan. And then you got their centers, Matt Hennessy. He's a young guy, so two young guys right next to each other. Um, but then you got a really good guard in Chris Lindstrom. Um, he's a young player, uh, but he was ninth out of 80 guards. So um, he's a former first-rounder out of Boston College, so that should help. And on the right tackle, you have Caleb McCary. Um, he's a young guy. He's a former first-rounder out of University of Washington. Um, they're looking for him to really kind of step up. He improved from his rookie year to his sophomore year. And if he has a jump, that should help solidify that offensive line. Now, taking a look at the defense, this is where they got problems. Okay, Brob problems. Last year, they ranked 29th in total defense and 32 against the pass. Okay, they were good against the run, but when everybody can throw on you, why the hell are they running the ball? So that that's going to be a little bit of a skewed stat. Uh, they were 19th in points allowed, allowing 25.9 points a game. Uh, and they, could, they couldn't get after the quarterback either. 29 total sacks tied for 23rd in the league. That's a problem, okay? Especially when you're playing against Tampa Bay, when you're playing against the New Orleans Saints. That, that's a problem, okay? You need to be able to control the line of scrimmage on the, on the defensive side of the ball. And quite frankly, they haven't been able to do it. And they're going to have a hard time doing it. Like I said earlier... It's going to be between the Carolina Panthers and Atlanta for that seller. And I think it's going to be a tight race for them, but I, I still only see Atlanta as a five to six win team. Um, maybe their, their defense um, doesn't look good on paper at all. Um, their corners you got AJ Terrell. He's a former first round selection. Now he should get better. Last year was his rookie year. And we know I keep talking about, you know, the pandemic last year and how that affected. He could have a jump in his game, which will help obviously. Uh, but then on the other side, you have Fabian Morrow, uh, who's a third rounder out of UCLA. Um, he's been really inconsistent over the course of his career. Um, and then you got your nickelback, Isaiah Oliver. He's a second rounder. So uh, some young guys in there, but he played good his um, in 2018. But since then, um, really hasn't played well. Your main guy on defense, you got two of them. You got Grady Jarrett. Um, who's an absolute stud in the middle of that defensive line. And then you got uh, Deion Jones, who's a really, really good linebacker. He's really great in coverage. Um, he struggles against the run a little bit, but that's really because he's 6'1", 227. He's not the biggest guy in the world. They really um, need that front defensive line, that interior defensive line to kind of plug up the hole. And he's really good in coverage. Um, so in those passing downs, He's 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 a really good player. He you know runs a four or five, so um, he's a beast. But then again, there's not a lot around him. You got uh, Old Quinn on the other side, um, and he's an undersized linebacker at two fifteen. You're starting to see a lot of those linebackers in the NFL not being two forty five. They're right around that two twenty five. Uh, that range right there, but he's still, you know, really undersized. That's the size of a safety, 6'2", 215. So um, I, again, think they're going to struggle against the run uh, this year, especially where uh, Deion Jones is not very good in that. He's a, he's their best linebacker, and when he's not good against the run, uh, that does hurt. Um, on the back end, you got Deron Harmon. Um, he's a solid player. Um, he's been around the league for quite some time. He's going into his eighth season um, and just to show you the, the disparity and it's not much of a disparity, the, I guess the similarity, uh, Oluquin, who's a linebacker is two fifteen, And then Harmon's who's a safety is two Oh five, 10 pound difference. Okay. 
Um, so they're, they are small on the defensive side. Um, Eric Harris, who's their strong safety, uh, who played in, in Las Vegas, he's 225, um, and uh, he was undrafted. So that defense is going to have to step it up. Uh, they also have uh, Fowler, uh, Dante Fowler, who, um, you know, really, I, I mean, I guess you got to say he, he's so far he's been a bust. Um, his best year was in 2019. Um, he's he's good in coverage, but his run defense grade is really bad, and his pass rush out of 99 edge rushers is ranked at 71st. Okay, so uh, that's a defense that uh, on paper looks like they're going to struggle again. Um, but their offense, you know, they're they're going to be they're in a transition. They got a new head coach. Uh, they lost Julio Jones. They lost Alex Mack. Some guys that have been staples there. They are in a transition period, and I think it's okay to say that. Um, but they're, they're going to struggle against some of the offenses that they're going to face in, in, in their division. Let's take a look at their schedule uh, real quick. So they do start off against the Eagles, which helps them, uh, but then they play Tampa Bay right after that. Uh, Tampa Bay is going to come off a 10-day rest after because uh, they, they, they played the Thursday night game this week, um, and then they'll have a 10-day rest until they play again. So they'll be well-rested. Uh, well-rested Super Bowl champs is always – a test. So uh, that's going to be a tough game for them. Then they go at the New York Giants, Washington football team, then the New York Jets. So not the toughest schedule to start out. Um, but again, I think every game for Atlanta is going to be tough just because of what they have on paper. Uh, they got a really early bye in week six, and they go at Miami Dolphins. They play against the Carolina Panthers. Honestly, I'm, I'm going to give the edge to the Panthers. Just be, I, I think that they're better on paper than uh, what Atlanta is. And if I got to put a staple, I'm going to say Atlanta's in the cellar and Carolina's going to be third in that division. Uh, then they go at New Orleans, at Dallas, New England, at Jacksonville. They play Tampa again week 13. At Carolina, at San Francisco, play against Detroit at home, and then at Buffalo, and they finish off against the Saints. It's going to be a tough year for them. I really only see about five wins. Uh, could be worse for them uh, overall, but um, Atlanta's going to going to struggle again defensively, um, and hopefully, you know, Matt Ryan can uh, you know he can he can return to his MVP level that he he played in in uh, in 2016. He's really going to need it. They're going to need some points on offense if they're going to be competitive. The chicken sandwich war wasn't started at B-dubs, but now it's been taken to the next level. For a limited time, grab the classic hand-breaded chicken sandwich and fries for only $5.99. The flavor of this beer-battered goodness will be a taste you need to come back for. Head into your local Buffalo Wild Wings and settle the chicken sandwich war once and for all. Come on in and check it out. All right. Next up, we got the New Orleans Saints, and I just got to say this: I really love doing those commercials. They are they're pretty dang fun. So, uh, all right, we got the New Orleans Saints here, and a really big tra- transition from going from Drew Brees. He he's now retired, and they're going to turn the reins over to Jameis Winston, and he has the capability of, of playing well. We've seen him play well, um, and I really think that for everyone, myself included. The thing for him is that he just can't turn over the football. When he had 30 interceptions in 2019, you know, that really ended his tenure in Tampa Bay. And obviously, you could see what that team could do with now, it is Tom Brady, yes. Um, but also, they had a team around Jameis. They, 
they were a, a really good football team. Um, the turnovers will kill you. So when it comes to the New Orleans Saints and turning over the reins to Jameis Winston, you know, what is he going to look like? This is this is going to be a fresh start for him. He sat and really watched last year. He had a uh, came in on a, on a couple different packages. Um, but overall, this is his team right now. Um, and he won the quarterback battle against Taysom Hill. And um, I'm going to talk about that because I do think that is very, very important um, in, in how that offseason went because, in my opinion, it's going to take away a weapon. Uh, but they also lost some guys. So they lost Sheldon Rankins. They lost Jared Cook and Trey Hendrickson uh, and Alex Anzalone. Uh, Anzalone, that's not that big of a loss, but Trey Hendrickson is. Uh, Jared Cook is and Sheldon Rankins is uh, on the, on that defense. So uh, they were able to re-sign uh, Quan Alexander. Uh, they brought in James Hurst, uh, Marcus Williams, and brought in Byron Poole. Um, so let's take a look at the roster real quick. Now, before I forget, I do want to bring this up because when Drew Brees was the quarterback, they brought in Taysom Hill in packages, and they were able to run a lot of different things. He, he played special teams. Um, he was kind of like a, a power type of, of runner, like in a wildcat type of thing, and a guy that could throw. Now, this is where it gets a little interesting, and I'm surprised not a lot of people have talked about this in the offseason. So Taysom Hill has trained himself to be that utility player. All the way up until this offseason. This offseason, he shed some of that weight that um, he could take a pounding with to compete for the starting quarterback position. So I think that is that's substantial because if he's not prepared to be that utility type of player, are they going to use him in that? Because that that is something that you have to prepare for as an offense. And if so... Is it going to be as effective if he's 215 pounds versus 225 or even 230 pounds? So what does that look like? And that's a, that's a huge thing for me, just thinking, you know, outside of the box, you know, what's that package going to look like if, if he was really the backup quarter or if he was really competing for the, the, the quarterback position, he, he's like a quarterback. And the thing that made him special was, that he wasn't just a quarterback. So that that is, note that, that that's important. So uh, now the other thing on offense, one big piece that they're going to be missing, at least to start the season, is Michael Thomas, who is one of the best receivers in the National Football League. And there's some tension there um, in how he handled his foot injury and all that. So uh, there's two big things. You don't, you don't have Drew Brees. You don't have uh, Michael Thomas there. And Taysom Hill, who was a big part of your offense in certain situations to move the sticks and all that stuff. So that's three things that are different this year going into the season that they're going to have to uh, game play for, a uh, game plan for. So um, take a look on the, the wide receiver spot. Outside, you got Marquise Calloway, uh, who's uh, from Tennessee. Now, he, uh, he's a young guy. He, his rookie year was last year. And then on the other side, you got uh, Deontay Harris. Um, he's from Assumption College, and so uh, I think you can assume they didn't play big-time college football, um, but he did have a really good season last year, posted a 79.9 grade. Um, cool story for him. Hopefully um, he can continue that trajectory. Um, but they're missing a lot of guys, um, and so when you just think that this off, it's going to be tough for them, and Sean Payton's going to have to get into his bag of goodies 
to to really scheme some things up for this offense. Um, they they still have Alvin Kamara, um, but if you drafted him in fantasy, uh, I'm sorry, man. I really think that he's not going to have the type of season he did last year just because of what's around him and who's at the quarterback spot. Will he get the touches? I think so. Um, but how successful are those touches when you don't have to worry about Michael Thomas, you don't have to worry about Taysom Hill, and a lot of those things came off of Taysom Hill's packages too. And also Drew Brees checking the ball down to him. So um, he might get some checkdowns, um, but he obviously it's going to be easier to key in on Kamara when there's not a lot of other stuff going on. Um, on the outside, you got Teron Armstead, who's a really, really good tackle, so he should help protect Jameis. Uh, then you got Andrus Pete, uh, who's a former first-round selection. Their center's Eric McCoy. Uh, he's a second-rounder. He's going into his third year. So overall, they're pretty solid on the offensive line. Their, their weak spot is probably Cesar Ruiz, who came off of his rookie year. Now, he didn't play good in his rookie year, but again, there was a lot of things going against him last year for his rookie season in the NFL. Hopefully he plays a little bit better, uh, but he would be the area of concern that I would take a look at. Um, but I would also assume that he has gotten better as a professional in the NFL. Then you got Ryan Ramchek on the right tackle, really solid. So both tackles really good. Um, let's just see what those uh, receivers are able to do and how Alvin Kamara can do it. And then at the tight end spot, they got Adam, Tra- uh, Adam Troutman. Now on the defensive side of the ball, um, they, they're, they, they're pretty solid. So, um, obviously their defense is led by Demario Davis. Um, he's a really, really good player. Um, posted, a uh, elite grade in 2019. He's been very consistent over the years. Um, lining up next to him will be K1 Alexander or Quan Alexander, but he's coming off of, uh, an Achilles injury. So he's an explosive linebacker, but how much of that explosion got taken away. Now, Pete Werner, he's probably the the easiest to plug and play out of um, their their rookie class. Uh, so we'll see. He's a second rounder out of Ohio State. Now, on the outside, uh, obviously, you have Marshawn Lattimore, um, who's good. But it's very interesting to me. So he's a former first rounder out of Ohio State. You normally think that he's a really good player. His best year was his rookie year, and every year, his grades have gotten worse. In 2017, he's at 86.1, 2018, 77.5, 2019, 65.6. And the last year was his worst um, season at 59.1. So can he turn that around? Is the NFL too big for him? I don't know. Uh, I know a lot of people know him, uh, you know, his name because he's been on some uh, really good teams and some big games, but to me, that's a little concerning to be 70th out of 121 cornerbacks and you were a first round selection going into your, uh, I think it's his fifth year. Yeah. Going into his fifth season on the other side, you got Paulson Adebo. Um, he's a third round pick out of Stanford. Now Stanford has a tendency to, to bring out some cornerbacks. So, uh, we'll see how he plays, but, um, he's, he's, uh, young. And then obviously you got Cameron Jordan on the edge, um, he's a beast. He's going to get after the quarterback. It's just a matter of when and how many times. On the other side, you got Marcus Davenport, um, who was uh, he? He's a he's a good player. Um, his best year was in 2019, but he also posted a pretty good grade last year as well. Um, so ho- hopefully, you can keep that going. Now, in the middle, uh, you have Shy Tuttle, uh, who's going into his third year. And then you have uh, Malcolm Roach, who did not play well last year. Um, he's a young guy. He's going into his second year. So they got some young, inexperienced guys um, next to some veterans that have done some really good things in this league. 
And then you got Marcus Williams um, at safety going into his fifth year. He has two elite grades um, out of the University of Utah. And then you got Malcolm Jenkins, who is a wily veteran who's going into his 12th year. Um, and he, he will definitely, that defense will be okay. They got enough talent on there. Um, they have enough good players and enough pride. They're well coached. Um, so it's why some of these things don't bother me as much, but they're still there and, and they need to be schemed, uh, uh, for some success there. But, uh, I'm wondering how that run's going to do that interior defensive line, um, you know, isn't as strong as, as, you know, I think it's been in years past. So uh, taking a look at their defense last year. Now their defense was, four, they were fourth in total defense, fifth in passing, uh, fourth in rushing defense. So last year um, they, they played really, really well. But again, they got some mix and matching pieces in there this year. Um, and they're also not led by Drew Brees. That that makes a difference on defense, believe it or not. It determines, like if you're down 14 points early because you know, they went down there, the Saints went down and scored two touchdowns. You know that that team's going to get a little bit more pass heavy and you can pin your ears back and go at them. When an offense is balanced, they're harder to defend because you don't know what's coming. And when they stay ahead of the sticks, so that could change. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what they're going to look like, but they do have a lot of really good veterans. And I still think uh, they should still be uh, in the top half of the, of, of the defense in the NFL. Take a look at their schedule now. They start off against Green Bay. Uh, again, I mentioned earlier that that game is going to be played in Jacksonville. Um, it, it should be fun. It, what's interesting is uh, when Jamius gets to start again at quarterback, it will be in the state of Florida, which obviously he's from Florida State and played. Uh, he was drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So uh, that'll be fun for Jamius as well, I, I imagine. Then they go at Carolina, at New England. New England is going to be tough. Uh, then they play against the Giants at Washington. That's going to be tough. They have an early bye, six, uh, week six there. Then they go at Seattle. Uh, big game against Tampa Bay, week eight on Halloween. That's going to be a good one. Uh, they play against Atlanta. Then they go at Tennessee, at Philadelphia. Should be able to beat Philadelphia. Um, we got the Buffalo Bills, Dallas Cowboys back-to-back. Then at the Jets. Then at Tampa Bay. Uh, Miami Dolphins, Carolina Panthers, and at Atlanta to finish it up. So overall, I, it wouldn't be surprising for them to be a 9-10 to 10 win uh, football team uh, just based off of their schedule. Um, I think that they're going to uh, struggle in areas that they might not have struggled before. Um, and they're, they're going to have to get it going. There are some good football teams on their schedule. Uh, I still think that they're good enough to, to beat some of those teams. But um, as far as playoff goes... I don't know. Uh, obviously, I'm going to talk about Tampa Bay. Uh, they're the they're the champions of the world. Okay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And until somebody knocks them off, they're still the champs of the world. So um, I think that they're going to win the division. I think they're set up to do so. Um, so that would leave New Orleans as a wild card spot. The only problem is the NFC West is so stacked. I can see two teams coming out of the West. Um, and I don't know if 10 wins is going to be enough for New Orleans to get in the playoffs, but they might be on the outside looking in, uh, depending on what goes on in the NFC North. Um, they might be able to squeak in, but um, I, I think it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs. All right, last team up, but definitely not least, is the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, this one's kind of easy because it's very common knowledge that they literally brought every starter back 
Um, they had a list that they had to go through. They brought they brought back Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Levante David, and Kong Su, Rob Gronkowski, Shaquille Barrett, and also uh, Steve McClendon. They they uh, brought him in. But when you bring back all eleven starting offense players and eleven starting defense guys, and your kicker and your punter, you're in a really really good spot. Um, so realistically, they won the the Super Bowl. But not so fast, my friends. Let's talk about this because I think a lot of people forget that they were a 7-5 and five football team at about the midway point last year, just over the midway point. So they got hot at the right time. Now they and, and the other thing is, last year they didn't really have a target on their back like the Kansas City Chiefs did. They, they kind of got in there, they they got in the playoffs, and they just played really good, solid football. And that's what you expect from a team that's that's led by Tom Brady. When you have the GOAT there at quarterback, you know you're going to be efficient. They're going to stay ahead of the chains. Uh, they're going to run the ball. They're going to throw the ball really well. And they have a really good defense as well, a defense that just won a championship together. So for me, we'll, we'll go through the lineup real quick, but the biggest thing that I want to really emphasize – when I think about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they didn't start off hot last year. Again, they were 7-5. and five. They they went on a run late, okay? And they weren't blowing teams out. They 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 overall uh, ended up beating teams later on in ball games towards the end of that year. Even in the Super Bowl, it, it was tough. It, that was going to be a tough matchup for them, and it was really serendipitous that both offensive tackles of the Kansas City Chiefs happened to be out. And I said... That my first ever podcast, I said that those uh, defensive ends were going to have a field day against them, and that's exactly what happened. So, you know, part of that's on Kansas City, too, and their game plan. But how are they going to start out? So, number one, let's talk about they just played three more games than everybody else did last season. That That's going to play a factor, okay, in some wear and tear. They've had an offseason. They, they've, uh, they, they played three uh, preseason games. I think that, that kind of helps them. But here's the thing. Here's one thing I do want to throw out there. And it's a, I've been wrong for seven years on this. Okay, I've been wrong for seven years on this. I'm going to be right one year. And the reason is because Father Time is undefeated. Father Time is undefeated. And with Tom Brady, one of these years, his, his play is going to go down. And every year that those chances get higher and higher. And I think he feels it. You know, I um, I think he really enjoyed his time last year. Uh, but right now, as long as he's still there, he posted an elite grade again last year. He's still Tom Brady. But do not be shocked if you start to see a decline in his play. Don't be shocked. I really think that, you know, he's played a lot of football. He's I think he's played, uh, you know, with all his playoff appearances and Super Bowl appearances. I want to say that he's played almost two more full seasons uh, than anybody else that would have played as long as him just because of all the playoff appearances. That's a lot of football. So don't be shocked if you start to see it this year. And I wouldn't be surprised because they were a hungry team. They they were a good team when Jameis Winston was there in 2019. They turned over the ball a lot. 30 interceptions to Jameis Winston, okay? So are they hungry still? That, that's that's a normal question. I will tell you out of experience myself, I chased a championship for 20 years. And when I finally got one, like that fire wasn't burning as bright. And I'm a passionate guy, but I finally won, uh, won one. I knew I was towards the end. 
And it just didn't burn as bright that last year that I played. You know, for some of these guys, that's going to be true. It just will. For Tom Brady, we know it's not true. That guy, uh, he he wants to, his favorite ring is the next one, he said, which I think is really awesome. They got a lot of talent. I think they can do it. I have them picked to be in the playoffs. I have them picked to win their division, okay? Um, they have really good receivers, obviously. Rob Gronkowski. They got uh, Antonio Brown, uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, okay? Uh, the cup runneth over with weapons. Uh, they won... Big addition I do want to bring up is Giovanni Bernard because they have two running backs that really contributed last year, and, and that's Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. Um, and sometimes they didn't have uh, – so LaShawn McCoy was on the roster, but obviously he really declined later on in his his career, and they didn't use him all that much. I don't even think he played in the playoffs. Um, but they need a guy that's really kind of a third down back, and I think of the three, Giovanni Bernard is that guy. Now, they're really good up front. Uh, obviously, they got Christian Wurst. They got Donovan Smith as their tackles. Uh, their center is Ryan Jensen. Uh, God, he just looks like an offensive lineman. Alex Kappa, um, he's a good player. But uh, their best guard is Ali Marpet. And I mentioned him in, in that uh, that playoffs. He's seventh out of 80 guards. He's a really, really good guard, okay? And he's a good young player. So, um yeah, I would say he's he's about a mid-veteran, so he's going into his sixth year. So um, he's still young, right? He's probably 26, 27 years old. Um, on that defensive side of the ball, again, they don't lose anybody. Um, they bring back uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, Vita Vea, and Domakong Su. Uh, they bring back uh, Shaq Barrett on, on the outside. Um, and they also have, uh, let's see, Dev- Devin White, um, who's a really good young player. Um, and they also bring back Levante David. So they're they're really stacked, but here's the thing. Injuries, they happen. What happens when they have some other guys come in there? What happens um, as they get into the grind of the season? What happens if it doesn't start off as well as they thought uh, when they get crowned? What happens if that hunger isn't there, okay? Uh, their schedule is tough early. Now they play against Dallas, and that's going to be a game where that championship banner gets hung. Brady's done that seven times. But that's a first for a lot of those guys. Uh, Rob Gronkowski is the only other one that I know of that's won one um, on that team. And that was, of course, with Brady. They're going to have the fireworks going off. The cannons are going to be shooting. The crowd's going to be there. It's going to be an electric environment. Uh, What's that going to look like? Because Dallas, I promise you, has been thinking about this game for a long time. Uh, They play Atlanta second. Uh, They have a 10-day rest there. I I do think that they start 2-0. But then it gets tough. They go at uh, at L.A. and play the Rams. And then, I mean, I, I mentioned this one. I'm excited for this football game, and it's a, a little under a month away. But at New England Patriots, when Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski go back to New England, that's going to be a good game. And you think that Bill Belichick isn't going to want to prove something, he's going to want to. That's going to be a really, a really good game. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, then they play against Miami. Then at Philadelphia, they play against Chicago week seven at New Orleans. They have a really good bye week, dead center in the middle of their schedule uh, week nine. Then they go at Washington. They play against the Giants at Indianapolis at Atlanta. They play Buffalo. That's going to be a really great game. Then they play against New Orleans at Carolina at the Jets and at Carolina. So I think they're going to be right there again. I think they'll be in the playoffs. Uh, they're too good of a football team not to. Um, of course with Tom Brady there, they're going to be a tough out. Um, you know, but at, you know, at some point it's going to get tough in the season and 
it, it will just for even for any champ they're going to lose a game they might lose two in a row at one point you know what what does that look like you know they were 7 and 5 and they wanted to go win a championship and they had the guys and they went on that run what does it look like after they won the championship if they start off i mean i don't think they'll start off 7 and 5 but you know what if it's what if it's five and two? They lose two in a row. Would they lose a game? What if Tom Brady got hurt? Or what if Tom Brady doesn't play well? Which is crazy to think about. Uh, but at some point in his career, um, he takes the best care of his body. But still, Father Time is undefeated. Undefeated. Not one of us is immortal. Okay. I don't care how much avocado ice cream that you eat. You know it. it it's going to catch up to you. And at some point it will. And it could be this year. He turns 44 years old. He's already 44 years old at the start of the season. I mean, it's, it's going to happen, okay? Um, what happens if he gets hurt? He's been very healthy throughout his career. What happens? You know, there's a lot of ifs on this, and I want to see how they respond. I think it's important to see how they respond because it's hard to repeat. It's hard to get into that game a second time. And especially with the every team that I just listed off that they play, they have Tampa Bay circled on their schedule because that's the Super Bowl champs coming to town or they're going to the Super Bowl champs. That that in itself, it makes you're the Super Bowl game every week throughout the regular season to that team that they're playing. It, it, it just is what it is. That's why it's hard to repeat. So what does that look like? Yeah, they brought back 22 starters. Yeah. They they got everything lined up for them again. But is it going to happen? Well, that's why they play the games. Um, I definitely have them in the playoffs. Um, I, I definitely have them probably going deep in the playoffs. I probably, I, I might think that they might be in the, the NFC Championship game. But there's some other tough teams that are out there that are really hungry. And sometimes that want, not just for one player like Tom Brady, but for 22 guys, is that want there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Or are they kind of a little content and, hey, I touched that trophy. That was pretty cool. Oh, my gosh. You know, we lost three games in a row. So we'll see. I have them one in the division. I'll say that. And I have them in the playoffs, hosting at least one playoff game. So uh, that's your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I am so excited for this season to start. I do have an announcement that's going out for um, at the uh, – that. so I have a uh, – wow, that was horrible. Wow, hopefully I can edit that out. Probably won't. Uh, it's at the end of the podcast. Um, my announcement is I have a promo that's happening. I'm going to announce this in tomorrow's podcast when I do my picks. Okay. So here's the rules. You have an opportunity to win a $20 Buffalo Wild Wings gift card. We, we're going to do a weekly pick them. You can submit your picks to me um, at the, the peepcast at outlook.com. You can submit your picks to me. Um, you can also submit them through the Facebook page, uh, the podcast, uh, like it, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, um, send me your picks because, um, the qualifier is that you got to beat my picks. And then of that group of people that do, cause I'm, it's the NFL, which is the, the no figure league. There's always something that happens that you just did not expect. And that's why it's so amazing. Uh, this league, uh, but those, those teams or those, those people that, that outpick me, whoever, uh, whoever wins, they get a $20 gift card. And I'm going to send that out weekly. That's going to be a weekly thing that we send out. Now make sure when you send me the picks that you also have a tiebreaker. And the tiebreaker is going to be for Monday Night Football, the total points between the two teams. Um, so that's going to be really important. And I assume with the number of people that we're going to get in on this, 
um, that we're, we're going to have some ties. So um, that tiebreaker is going to be really, really crucial. Okay. Um, I'm going to announce it again tomorrow. I really appreciate all of you. We're finally here to the season. I cannot wait. Thank you for dealing with me talking football and the what ifs and this is what I think is going to happen. I am so excited for this for the first season of the Pedcast during the, during the regular season into the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. I'm pumped. Thank you guys so much for listening. I am out. I will talk to you tomorrow.